0: 630 Ched and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present The Show That Is Everything Oilers Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex Managed print services to keep your printing costs down Yeah, Digitex does that D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A On Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. Brendan Escott in
1: for Bob Stoffer today On Oilers Now Oilers practiced uh, at 11.30 this morning down at Rogers. They are jumping on the plane pretty quickly here, I have to figure. We'll bring aboard Bob momentarily, but not before I tell you that everything you're listening to is brought to you by Digitex. PCs, copiers, supplies, printers, laptops, IT, plotters, software, and now Digitex can manage your corporate cell phone plan, saving your company money. All your devices managed at digitex.ca. Keep in touch on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, 780 six zero zero six three and of course the text line 630 630 that's brought to you by heartland ford with over 10 million dollars in new and pre-owned inventory they are one of the largest volume ford dealers in alberta experience the difference of heartland ford up on twitter i'm at brendan escott and this guy is at bob underscore stoffer so bob are you on the way to the airport right now is that what's going on I'm on Calgary Trail
0: as we speak. Yes, All right. today. So we have about ten minutes.
1: Let's talk then. Uh, first off, just give me some thoughts on last night's game. The effort was there, I would say, and Stolarz looked good after yeah. the first period.
0: Yeah, San Jose's just better. I mean, you know, I have a lot of uh, a couple things about last night. Number one, it was the final home game of the year. Uh, you know, the owners are going to have to improve their play. There's so many things that have to happen, but for the fans. You know, I I want to see Edmonton find a way to be a, a 26 or 27 or 28 win team at home. It makes a difference. Uh, you know, the owners' organizations, they're lucky. They've got unbelievable fans that are incredibly supportive and have sucked it up. Uh, this has been a difficult campaign from start to finish. And I know, I know, I know it's been 12, 13 years. I don't think anybody saw the regression over the last two years. I know I didn't. Um, and it's been, quite frankly, humbling. Uh, for anybody that's sort of connected and involved with things. The game itself, San Jose's got a deeper team, especially up front. Uh, didn't mind Stollers. You know, Brent Burns, there's a difference maker on defense, and he was the first star, and Dreisaitl gave us some, some excitement, and then the others went out of their way to uh, set up Dreisaitl and set up Readers. So we, we had some interesting side stories on what might otherwise have been kind of a Monday night. So you know, situation was what it was, uh, highly entertaining practice today. Have you heard what uh, they did today, Brendan? No, fill me in. Well, uh, because it was the last practice of the year and because we know the scenario that they're in, um, H was up in the stance. The uh, first drill they did was uh, playing with uh, opposite-handedness. So left-handed shooting guys using, uh, you know, right-handed sticks. They'd have three pucks in the middle, and it was a game to three type thing. <laughs> and and then the teams were split in half, and it was really interesting to watch guys try to navigate uh, that. And then they had a, a little bit of a showdown drill uh, where there were you know basically fifteen pucks in the middle for both teams, and uh, they split up the the whites and the blues and the way they went. So that was it, it. Was just a good you know what? It, it hasn't been easy. Um, and I, I know they are paid professionals and all that but you know you want to just sort of not people say well I should be working on this and they should be working on that there's a time and place for it and today's practice there is a time and place for it so I like the energy around the group and let's see if it uh, parlays into some excitement in the
1: battle of alberta tomorrow now that being said bob do you think uh, what do you expect the vibe to be tomorrow night i don't like calgary's already clinched the whole conference so i don't imagine you're going to see many of their big guns or will you if
0: if i if i was calgary i'd be very quiet in that game like just go and get through the game um you know if they've got some antagonists i wouldn't be engaged in that because in fairness to the flames i got something I'd kind of just let the Oilers go through and play tomorrow's game. Don't be uh, because the Flames have got a couple guys that get you on edge, and one of them's Matthew Tkachuk. I'm not sure he's going to play, and the other one's Garnet Hathaway. And uh, you know, Calgary's got a Calgary's got a real good team. They've had a, a big step forward this season. The Oilers have some cap challenges as opposed to maybe what Calgary had. But I do think the Oilers can go from, uh, what are they at, 34 wins right now? I like think last year they got 36. I do think you can go from 34 to, to 45 wins in a year. And Calgary went from, you know, mid-30s to, to 50s. Um, with average, you know, you obviously got to get better goaltendings if you're ever to. But, and you got to win one more game a month. What I expect. I expect Yoders to go out of their way to try to set the settle up and get his 50th goal of the year. I think that's the major goal the point of tomorrow night's game.
1: I know it was a fun practice, Bob, but was there any indication that Stolarz is going to get the start again? I know Hitch said no. after the game he's going to play it by ear, so...
0: Yeah, I... No. I... My guess is cost going to start last game of the year, dress your best lineup, try to get, you know, because of the way the percentages work in the draft, you know, picking up two more points. You know, just, you know, you play to win the game. It's It's been a, a frustrating year. I get that for everybody involved. Um, you know, we're going to have, Brendan, we're going to have five months to discuss this, mm-hmm. which, you know, from anybody that's involved, wants, around a team wants to play as long as you can every year. It's uh, no different than, you know, you cover the shirt, Park Crusaders. By the way, what's that series at?
1: Tied 2-2, two, two, game five tonight.
0: Who's the goalie for... Uh, Sure, Park. Is that the kid that was in Seattle last year?
1: That's right, Matt Berlin. You bet.
0: Sounds like he's going to University of Alberta. So, um, but you know, you're going to want the Crusaders. I mean, you're emotionally invested in that team, and now that you've been down around the orders all year, you get emotionally invested in that team as well. And you have all this frustration and exasperation, but it doesn't mean that you can't acknowledge, you know, some of the positives that happened. And unfortunately for Edmonton, they were individual positives. Um, and I don't think, you know, there's a lot of culpability here and, and it would be completely, and to me, frankly, the bulk of the failure on this year's team is not on the players. I, I know the players have got to sit there and say, well, this is on us. But, you know, there were some management decisions that were made during the course of the year, which upon further you know, you look for the positive in every trade. You know, the hope that Spooner can play in your top six give you a little bit more speed and quickness in your lineup didn't come to fruition, and the guy that made the trade had to know that. You know, he had to, he had to know the player better than anybody else, and then uh, you take a look at the banning trade, and it's, you know, so you trade away two of your forwards, and we all know the work that needs to be done here, and then the question is, you know, how quickly does Bob Nicholson uh, move in terms of hiring himself a general manager uh, because... You could make an argument, Edmonton needs to get going. You know, you, you finish up in Calgary, you do your player exit interviews on Sunday, on Sunday, your media availability is on Sunday and Monday. That lottery is on Tuesday. And a lot of people would suggest to you, Brendan, that, you know, you're back to work starting Tuesday to improve that the team and the organization. And how much, do you, you know, I think we all know the type of players they need to add and how creative they need to get and there's some other organizations that failed too, and they're looking to get better as well. And those lines of communi- communication and discussions, they need to get rolling, so uh, let's get after it, man.
1: I- I'm glad you brought this up, Bob, and we can leave you with this. Uh, seventh best lottery odds, and in that range, you see guys like Matthew Boldy, Alex Turcott, both out of the U.S. National Development Team program, but Bowen Byrom in some mock drafts has been available at that spot.
0: No way. Okay. There is no way he is there after five. My guess is he goes three or four. No way. He is uh the best defenseman out of the Western hockey league since Scott Niedermeyer. Uh so he's better than Morgan Riley at the same age. And there is no to me, if let's say the orders were drafting six and when Byron, you know, dropped a six, they blocked slap shots in the nude to run up there and make that pick. Um, Because based on, you know, Brendan, there is at least eight to 10 either managers or coaches in the Western Hockey League that are connected to Hamilton. Cam Hopes, the GM in Victoria, he's a U of A law grad. Uh, You know, Bob uh, Torrey's out of Tri-Cities. He's a University of Alberta grad. Sean Cluster. Marsh assistant coach in uh, Saskatoon, the general manager Colin Priestner is a a graduate of the U of A. So I have talked over and over to
1: Has he just performed this well in the playoffs? Because earlier in the year, he was he was a top ten pick. He was always a lottery pick, but top five, I, I think that might have been a stretch a few months ago. So I, I was turnaround.
0: I was a little surprised to see him on Mackenzie's list because where they had him. Because I think they had him ranked lower than the two than the two right shot centers. And I think Kirby Docks, You know what? I, I, I compared him to Ryan Getzlaf, and some people got offended because they said he's a little in and out. I mean, he went through a ten game stretch where he didn't have a point. I think Kirby Dock's a hell of a player, an excellent prospect. Uh, and I love Ryan Getzlaf. and I wish the Oilers would have taken him back. Well, I guess they couldn't have because he went, oh, they could have. They they, they traded down in that draft year in 2003 because they had the 17th pick and decided to trade down. Um, and, of course, he went 19th to Anaheim. He's, you know, he's got a little bit of, you know what, but in, in Bowen's case, I mean, Bowen Byron's case, Brennan, he scored 26 goals. The next highest-scoring defenseman in the league was Connor McDonald with the Evans Oil Kings, who had 19. Wow. He, You know, you look at his even-strength scoring. Uh, this is a dynamic player. This is a guy that can beat people five-on-five five ahead of his age group. That's, you know, the, the, the last guy. I know I saw somebody where they ran into numbers and suggested that the closest defenseman that he has mirrored, completely different because this guy's a right shot and a bigger guy, statistically though was Alex Petrangelo so I mean that's bad you know like in other words there's some other defensemen that have put up bigger numbers but they were buoyed by the power play this guy doesn't even strength uh he he was the player of the week in the first round or first round of uh, playoffs uh for the Vancouver Giants this this guy's a special defenseman um hey let's see where we're going to have lots of To discuss the draft, mm-hmm. frankly, but uh, I'm going to be really intrigued to see what happens tomorrow night. How much uh, passion the Oilers play with, and whether or not Leon Draisaitl gets his 50th goal. Cool.
1: Do you have a quick thought? Because the text line is blowing up right now. Everyone's worried. There's rumors that Connor McDavid has asked out. He's demanded a trade. I know you touched on it a bit yesterday, but just for the people who are texting today, can you weigh in on that?
0: Uh, I, I think that's complete BS. I'll, I said it yesterday. You know what? The Oilers, 12-13 seasons out of the playoffs, difficult campaign this year. I get all that. Um, you know, I would be absolutely stunned based on the character. I mean, this is a guy that went to Erie when lots of other players uh, in the OHL have not gone to Erie over the years. Um, and what happens with some other markets, this, this is the way the media works. They get braver commenting on other teams and other organizations. And most guys aren't complimentary when they do so. Okay? Like, you know what? There's a lot to be learned. Like Toronto does a really good job, the Maple Leafs, in terms of analytics and sports science. San Jose does a terrific job in supplementing their roster with European free agents. Um, You know, Vegas did some really... There's things to learn from other organizations and compliment those organizations for doing that, okay? But that's one way of looking at it. And then there's the guys that troll markets... And belittle markets. And and when you're working in sports media or media in general, and your whole shtick is slagging other markets, you are akin to a comedian who has to rely on fart jokes. And it's because you have no juice. Okay? (laughs) So just relax. Uh, You know, know, does the organization got to get things going in the right direction? Yes. Is Connor McDavid fickle enough that he's going to... Uh, blow out of here? No, he wants to be part of the solution. Was he angry and disappointed that the team missed the playoffs? Absolutely. Isn't it ironic? And I know you you should just read Jack's tweet, Jack Michael's tweet. So we sit there and we ask Connor McDavid to to show some uh, you know, to to say something because he's been very guarded. His team's just been eliminated in the playoffs in which he's had a career year. Like, what's he going to say? Oh, I'm completely comfortable with this. We've had. I'm so tired of specifically Toronto-based guys. Well, you know what he really means. And and the irony is, Brendan, when I go there, these guys aren't there. They're not down at the rink. Mm-hmm. They're like I'm like, where do you like? Some of these guys I never see. So my response to that would be, yes, the orders have got to get things headed in the right direction, but no, McDavid's not sitting there pushing Jeff Jackson to get him out of town. Not a chance.
1: All right, Bob, we can leave it there. Uh, I wish you safe travels, and I guess you'll Thanks. talk to everybody from Calgary. See ya. Thanks, Bob. That is the big man himself, Bob Stoffer. Brendan Escott filling in for him on Oilers Now today. 120 at Edmonton. will step out NHL today coming up around the corner. Hi, this is Ryan Nijan Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Brendan Escott in today for Bob Stoffer. 122 here in Edmonton and we got to tell you that some guests on the show receive gift cards to japanese village steak and seafood cooked right at your table japanese village edmonton south downtown Northside, and sherwood park i'm glad bob joined me in that last little segment there just to address the mcdavid demanding a trade i i don't even want to give that airtime because it's such a bunch of crap to me That's how I feel about it. I think it's absolutely silly to suggest that that's where it is right now with this franchise. Obviously, they need to get them some help. That's not lost on anybody in the organization. But for other people in other markets to be conjuring up this stuff, and I'm really not even sure what the basis of any of the the thoughts were, as far as I know, and the stuff that I've seen out there, the people who are the most credible and would have access to agents and that sort of thing are saying the exact opposite of that. So... You know, for somebody to go on, on air in Toronto and, and start giving their opinion, not as if it was gospel, but that almost seems like how it's been taken right across the country, it's a low-hanging fruit. It's an easy target. So there's my stance on it. I don't want to talk about it anymore because I think it's absolute silliness. Everyone take a deep breath. It's not there. Right now, we will get right now to NHL today, though, for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing. More than just sportswear, just three games across the NHL tonight, and actually no Canadian teams in action, but a big ramification for a Canadian team. Columbus playing the Rangers at Madison Square Garden tonight. Canadians fans, of course, praying for a Rangers win there as Columbus and Montreal tied at 94 points for that final wildcard spot. Columbus holds the tiebreaker, though. Chicago elsewhere is hosting Dallas, and Los Angeles is just down the road in Anaheim. Maple Leafs, as we heard from Elliot Friedman, did recall goaltender Michael Hutchinson from the Marlies and somewhat of a surprising move as neither Frederick Anderson or Garrett Sparks appears to be injured. But according to Leafs beat reporter Kristen Shulton, it might be a sign that Hutchinson will challenge or perhaps even replace Sparks as the backup for the upcoming playoff series versus Boston. A reminder that he would need waivers, Hutchinson would, if he was to be reassigned. Also out of Ontario, Shane Wright, who you probably recognize as the latest player to be granted. granted. Granted, exceptional status into the OHL will go number one overall to the Kingston Frontenacs in tomorrow's entry draft. Team president Doug Gilmore confirming that today. Uh, Name the two other players. Here's my trivia question for you today. Name the two other players the Kingston Frontenac have taken first overall. A couple of D-men back in the 80s. I'd be surprised if you guys get this one without using Google. Be honest. Bakersfield Condors have a road date with the San Antonio Rampage tomorrow night. The Battle of Alberta in the second round of the WHL playoffs begins on Saturday at Rogers Place. 7pm puck drop between the Oil Kings and the Calgary Hitmen. We will have the entire final half hour of the show filled with both Brad Lauer and Steve Hamilton. Some interesting comments coming up, no doubt, from both of those coaches. The AJHL playoffs continuing tonight. The Suburb Series up in the North Division here. It's tied at two games apiece between Sherwood Park and Spruce Grove. Brooks down south is leading Okotoks 3-1 Game 5 in each series goes tonight 7 o'clock at the Sherwood Park Arena and if you're listening from down south 7pm in Brooks as well. The Women's World Cup of Hockey continues in Espo Finland, Canada playing the U.S. tomorrow night Alright well we blew up the text line talking about that stuff Out of Edmonton season ticket holder here. I will renew I will renew my season tickets. I also feel like we owe it to McDavid to explore trade options. This mess isn't going to be fixed soon, so it's not fair to have him live through this debacle. McDavid signed a contract and he made a commitment to you, the fan, to the city of Edmonton, to the organization. I don't think that it looks very good on a player under any circumstances to demand a trade because the team isn't good enough. I don't think Connor McDavid wants to spend the rest of his career known as somebody who quit on this team. i would be more uneasy if McDavid wasn't frustrated, says Mike in Edmonton. Good point. And that was sort of, I think what Bob was saying, like, what do you want him to say after missing the playoffs yet again? Everybody begs for him to say something. He finally says it. And Oh my God, the roof's blown off of it. Mike in St. John's, Newfoundland, says, Hey, Brendan, I want to comment on what the Oilers can do to help fix this mess for next year. Trade the number one, the first-round pick, and Adam Larson for a lower-ranked pick and maybe a top-six forward. Keep the number one or, excuse me, or keep the number one, moving Larson for a second first-rounder. I don't know that at minus 26 or in that neighbourhood with Adam Larson right now that he'd be worth a first-round pick. So that's, that's a tough one there. Out of Grand Prairie, I really liked this one earlier. This was uh, whether McDavid and, and Drysidle should be playing together moving forward. How about Johnny and Monaghan, Stamkos and Kucherov, Ovi and Kuznetsov, all top players on their teams playing on the same line. Drysidle is a forward, a center, and or a winger. If I'm coaching this team next year... I'm playing them together because you're going to take that kind of offense off the board. I understand that Leon should be producing his own line, but why would you break that up? I don't know. That's my opinion. Okay, as mentioned, it is 128 here in Edmonton. We do have quite a bit of WHL coverage coming up around the corner. Brad Lauer first at 135. Steve Hamilton, head coach of the Calgary Hitmen, coming up at 145. It's Brendan Escott in for Bob Stauffer. We're off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell.